yesterday, Lewis, my three-year-old son, uh, went to a movie with his grandpa. And it was a big deal because he hadn't been to a movie theater before. And so when he got back, I asked him uh, how his experience was, you know, the main characters and the plots, the foretelling involved in the, in the movie and such, um, and how lucky he was to have this experience and to have this person in his life to uh, offer it to him. And because we've been talking a lot about Thanksgiving, um, uh, wanted to foster this idea of being grateful for that experience. So some time passed as he was kind of eating some food and he said, on Thanksgiving, I'm going to be grateful for popcorn. It's really hoping he would say his grandfather. Uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving and it's one of the, my favorite holidays of the year for lots of reasons. It's the Altavote side of the family uh, holiday where the family is quite intentional about getting together versus other holidays. It's also my favorite time of the season and favorite time of the year, the cusp of winter. And I have fond memories of driving up north to Michigan past bare fields and crispy trees with the radio loud and the heat turned on high. The holiday itself is uh, relatively innocent aside from the whole pilgrim thing. And it's apart from a lot of religious dogma. Our traditions are reliable and delicious and everyone knows their part. Lisa makes the salad, Carla makes the green beans, dad carves the bird, cooked in my mom's roaster that's been around forever. I eat too many snacks before the two o'clock meal shared around a big table, which has continued to get bigger and bigger as the years go by. Our conversations around food are of the ketchup type variety, not the red sauce, but like the how are the things going type variety. And the, the kids kind of look to the side of the room uh, for a way to leave the table as soon as they can. After the meal, we have our traditional backyard football game. And of course, there's a TV on to watch the Lions lose again. One of my fondest memories, though, uh, are really the walks outside after the meal with a family member or two. It's been a time for quiet, honest conversations with my father or sister or brother, undistracted by the hustle and noise of the house. We get past the catch-up type talk and really find out how things are going in our lives. It's normally freezing cold, and so we walk quickly to keep warm, even though it makes the front of our legs and the tip of our nose even colder. When we get back, the house feels warm and the, the family is scattered between the TV, playing cards, or having a nap on the couch. Our family doesn't agree upon everything, of course, but I'd say that we're all very grateful for having each other. Another tradition that Kate and I have uh, is Friendsgiving. It's a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving and we invite any and all that we know. Everyone brings their own plate and a dish along to share. It's always been pretty cozy, sometimes filled with instruments, sometimes filled with too many people mixing a weird array of friend circles. Maybe my favorite year was the year before COVID. We held it outside at Donner Park and we knew there was a chance of great or awful weather and we got terrible weather. It was rainy and somewhere in the 40s, maybe not too different from today. Multiple families called or, or texted uh, and said they, they couldn't make it or, or backed out. When we got there, uh, we were the only ones there. 
and our food that we brought and hot cider quickly got cold. Kate and I were feeling pretty grim. Soon, however, across the field or across the park, we saw a couple and their uh, dog walk over with a dish in hand. A couple par cars parked, a couple cars pulled up into the parking lot. They were bundled up head to toe and brought blankets to sit on. My friend Jake brought a propane heater that we all kind of huddled around to stay warm. And we started to enjoy some delicious, albeit cold, green beans and salads while tucked in close at picnic tables. It was so cozy, and I'm so grateful for the friends and the community that we have in our lives. So my wish for you as we share this day and this space, six feet apart, is a slice of presence. Allow a subtle awakening of the gifts that we have in our lives, the gift of nature, and the gift of those around us which give us support and warmth. Come, let us listen. So this story came to me a few years ago. And I thought, as we're still in COVID times, it might speak to you. It is a story called Thanksgiving in the Woods by Phyllis Alsdorf. And we'll see where our backpack plays in there. When fall winds blow, can you make the winds blow with me? And jack-o'-lanterns lose their smiles. When branches lie bare and corn stalks rustle in the wind, that's when it's time for Thanksgiving in the woods. Days and days go by and I keep adding to my Thanksgiving pile a tool belt and my favorite rocks, a rope, a seashell, maybe some binoculars or some bird watching, and of course, brownie everything I need for Thanksgiving in the woods. One chilly morning, mama wakes me early. Today is the day, she says. I stuff all of my treasures into my backpack. Mama gathers boots and winter coats. Daddy grabs his guitar and my recorder. Come on, he says. Let's go to Thanksgiving in the woods. We drive and we drive and finally turn on to a curly gravel road. That's when I see grandpa standing next to his orange truck. He starts the engine. Can you make an engine sound for me? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I climb into the cab. Time to get ready for Thanksgiving in the woods. We drive over rutted fields, then down a slope to a clearing under trees that reach to the clouds. I see the cousins building a fort right next to the little stream, a perfect place for our own Thanksgiving in the woods. I wonder how many of you have ever had a Thanksgiving in the woods. Daddy and grandpa unload long wooden planks for tables and bales of straw for us to sit on. Uncle Charlie makes a bonfire while neighbors hoist tarps over branches. That's pretty clever, isn't it? Everyone's rushing to get ready for Thanksgiving in the woods. Early the next morning, I'm one of the first ones to wake up. Are you ever one of the first ones to wake up when you're really excited about something? 
And I can hardly wait for breakfast to be done. While grownups laugh and talk, the kids pull on sweaters and boots, and we want to get there first for Thanksgiving in the woods. Some neighbors are already at the site. Here, help stack up some kindling, Grandpa says. And we do running whenever someone calls. We all need to help if we're going to have Thanksgiving in the woods. Soon, a tractor comes up over the hill. Grandma and Mama sit on the hay wagon, steadying a load of pots and covered pans filled with turkey and dressing, mashed potatoes, peas, and corn. Mmm, I'm getting hungry just reading about it. Oh, now it is starting to smell like Thanksgiving in the woods. Neighbors, relatives, and lots of people I don't even know cross the field to hollow under the hemlocks. They carry baskets and bags and boxes filled with apples and pickles and pies, every imaginable food to share for Thanksgiving in the woods. At one o'clock, Grandma rings her special bell we form a huge circle and gather together to play music. People talk for a long time about being thankful. Brownie gets very hungry waiting until it's time to start Thanksgiving in the woods. Lines of people snake around the tables, filling plates with mounds of food. The cousins and I dart in and out, grabbing buns, turkey, and other treats we take to our fort. There we'll have our own Thanksgiving in the woods. Grown-ups are playing fiddles banjos and drums, and singing songs that everyone knows. Soon daddy joins in on his guitar, and I make up a tune of my own on my recorder, my way of celebrating Thanksgiving in the, in the woods. We stand around the bonfire, warming on both sides. Grandma passes out marshmallows, and I take two one for me and one for Brownie, of course, one of my favorite parts of Thanksgiving in the woods. When everybody's had enough turkey and potatoes and pumpkin pie, people start packing up their gear. In groups of two or three, they start to walk back to the farmyard, bringing an end to Thanksgiving in the woods. Daddy puts me up on his shoulders and we walk with mama and grandma along a candlelit path in the woods. And I pull Brownie close to keep him warm and happy that he came along for Thanksgiving in the woods. And back at that bonfire, I can hear music playing. Now, that's the perfect ending, Grandma says, as we walk in the dusk, a perfect ending to Thanksgiving in the woods. And I will show you, while some of you are still up here, Louise brought this picture in. 
which is part of her family's first Thanksgiving in the woods. And I'll have you know that this is based off of a real story. This book that I read and the story I shared with you today, and it has been happening for over 20 years in upstate New York, and it's grown to over 200 people gathering together for that Thanksgiving in the woods. I'm really fortunate that I get to serve this congregation as well as a congregation in Urbana, Illinois. And through that work, I was invited to do a deep dive of braiding sweetgrass by Robert, Robin Wall Kimmerer. And if you have a chance to do a deep dive into that book, I highly recommend it. Maybe we'll do one here. It's hard. It's hard to do a deep dive into a book as a mom with three kids who are pulling me in all different directions all the time and to find that time to commit twice a month <laughs> to talk about a book I'm reading. Then you have the whole aspect of trying to read said book as well. So my copy is actually, I meant to bring it in here. It's a bit tattered and rough. It kind of goes with me wherever I am in case the moment should strike me in a pickup line or you know, waiting for the soccer match to start. You're just finding those little bits wherever you can. But I wanna share a little bit, only a snippet about this book. Throughout the book, the author weaves together tales of indigenous wisdom while exploring new ideas and science. She grounds us in being connected to all of the generations that came before us and all of the generations that will come after. And what's really interesting and what struck me is when she talks about ancestors, it isn't just people. It is all living beings. It is the grass, the sweet grass. It is the trees and the old growth forest. It is the river and the waters that move. It is the earth itself, the animals, and of course, as you can imagine her being a scientist, it's a lot about plants and how plants have been here long before us and will be here long after us. And throughout this pandemic, and yes, we're unfortunately still in it, many of us have found ourselves alternating between maybe too much time and togetherness with our loved ones <laughs> and some of us finding ourselves lonely and forced out of our opportunities to connect and to be in person with other people that we care about. It has nonetheless through this time become very clear to us how integral the opportunity to worship together, to come together for a meal and break bread together to share in connection with one another. Time and time again, I have, and I'm sure you have, heard stories of how many of us found being able to go out into nature very healing. We've had no choice but to open our eyes in this time to injustice, political unrest, 
And when we fall out of covenant with one another and out of right relationship in our world, we may have our hearts cracked open. Notice I say cracked open, not broken. There's a difference. When we can crack our hearts open, it's raw. It's tender. We're forced to go inward. We see things. We hear things. We feel things like we have never seen, heard, or felt them before. And we may find ourselves in moments of grief and despair, and yet there's always an opportunity to come back into right relationship, to extend a hand, to give a communal offering to the world as we come back together. As a mother, I often find it hard to cultivate that sense of gratitude when I'm constantly being asked for things, especially this time of year, parents, I know where you're at. <laughs> and I'm pulled in so many directions and all of these outside forces in the world kind of can be overwhelming at times. And yet, as I've gotten older, I've gotten to know myself. And these are some of the truths I know about myself. Perhaps they're true of you. When I'm anxious or stressed or frustrated, and kids, this might be true for you too, I am not my best self. It's just a fact. And yet I find comfort and joy in turning to nature somehow I managed to find a way to sit still, if only to see the sun rise or to set, a moment to feel very, very small in a great big world that seems to be going too fast. I find that moment of stillness. I gain my bearings by sometimes thinking for just a minute, which way is north and south and east and west. And somehow that practice can help me to gain a moment of clarity. These sort of things are things that I dug even more into by exploring breeding sweetgrass this year. I grew up near water. And water is also always a place of internal solitude and reflection for me. And I live in Indiana. Could be a little challenging at times. Fortunately, I live near Lake Monroe <laughs> and I get to drive out there, sometimes even to Lake Lemon. And sometimes the drive in which I turn everything off and I often don't even take my phone and I have nobody with me the drive sometimes is actually where I find the most reflection. But being there, noticing how the flow is happening, noticing all of my senses come alive and nothing else competing for my attention is an amazing gift and allows me to see the abundance in our world. It washes over me like a balm for my soul. And with that, I'll share a little more about the book. 
in Braiding Sweetgrass, she talks about how in American schools, we had the Pledge of Allegiance and how on the reservation, they had the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving address. And it's kind of long. And I could imagine my own kids getting a little squirmy. And yet there was this reverence. There was this centering. Different grades would take their turn reciting different parts and leading it. And so I thought that might be really helpful in this time when our hearts might be broken open to share that with us to bring all of you as best I can, even though it's cold and rainy outside, into this moment of connecting with our natural world. And I invite you, if you did bring objects from home, if they speak to any part of the address, you are welcome to bring them up and put them on our communal altar. There might be a few moments where if you see me moving or making sounds, you are welcome to join me. And I am so glad that so many of you decided to join me in helping do the reading for this today. The people, as I look out at all of you here and online and playing, we have gathered and we see that the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. So now we bring our minds together as one, as we give greetings and thanks to each other as people. I invite you to look at your neighbor here in person or look at your friendly face on Zoom and just give a wave or a hello or a nod to one another. The Earth Mother. We are thankful for our mother, the Earth, for she gives us all that we need for life. She supports our feet as we walk about upon her. It gives us joy that she continues to care for us, and she has from the beginning of time. To our mother, we send greetings and thanks. The Waters. We give thanks to all the waters in the world for quenching our thirst and providing us with strength. Water is life. We know its power in many forms, waterfalls and rain, mists and streams, rivers and oceans. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the spirit of water. The fish. We turn, to our, we, we turn our minds to all the fish life in the water. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful that we can still find pure water. So we turn now to the fish and send greetings and thanks. The plants, 
Now we turn toward the vast fields of plant life. As far as the eye can see, the plants grow working many wonders. They sustain many life forms. With our minds gathered together, we give thanks and look forward to seeing plant life for many generations to come. The food plants. With one mind, we turn to honor and thank all the food plants we harvest from the garden. Since the beginning of time, the grains, vegetables, beans, and berries have helped the people survive. Many other living things draw strength from them too. We gather all the food plants together as one and send them a greeting of thanks. Now our minds are one. The medicine herbs. Now we turn to all the medicine herbs of the world. From the beginning, they were instructed to take away sickness. They are always waiting and ready to heal us. We are happy there are still among us, those special few who remember how to use these plants for healing. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to the medicines and to the keepers of the medicines. The animals. We gather our minds together to send greetings and thanks to all the animal life in the world. They have many things to teach us as people. We are honored by them when they give up their lives so we may use their bodies as food for our people. We see them near our homes and in the deep forests. We are glad they are still here and we hope that will always be so. The trees. We now turn our thoughts to the trees. The earth has many families of trees who have their own instructions and uses. Some provide us with shelter and shade, others with fruit, beauty, and other useful things. Many people of the world use a tree as a symbol of peace and strength. With one mind, we greet and thank the tree life. The birds. We put our minds together as one and thank all the birds who move and fly about over our heads. The creator gave them beautiful songs. Each day they remind us to enjoy and appreciate life. The eagle was chosen to be their leader. To all the birds from the smallest to the largest, we send our joyful greetings and thanks. expecting movement. <clears throat> the four winds. We are all thankful to the powers we know as the four winds. We hear their voices in the moving air as they refresh us and purify the air we breathe. They help us to bring the change of seasons. From the four directions they come, bringing us messages and giving us strength. With one mind, we send our greetings and thanks to the four winds. The Thunderers. Now we turn to the West where our grandfathers, the Thunder Beings live. With lightning and thundering voices, they bring with them the water that renews life. 
We are thankful that we, they keep these evil things made by the Askarazis underground. We bring our minds together as one to send greetings and thanks to our grandfathers, the Thunderers. The Sun. We now send greetings and thanks to our eldest brother, the Sun. Each day, without fail, he travels the sky from east to west, bringing the light of a new day. He is the source of all the fires of life. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our brother, the Sun. Grandmother Moon. We put our minds together to give thanks to our oldest grandmother, the moon, who lights the nighttime sky. She is the leader of woman all over the world, and she governs the movement of the ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time, and it is the moon who watches over the arrival of children here on earth. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to our grandmother, the moon. The stars. We give thanks to the stars who are spread across the sky like jewelry. We see them in the night, helping the moon to light the darkness and bringing dew to the gardens and growing things. When we travel at night, they guide us home with our minds gathered together as one. We send greetings and thanks to the stars. The enlightened teachers, we gather our minds to greet and thank the enlightened teachers who have come to help us throughout the ages. When we forget how to live in harmony, they remind us of the way we were instructed to live as people. With one mind, we send greetings and thanks to these caring teachers. The creator. Now we turn our thoughts to the creator or great spirit and send greetings and thanks for all the gifts of creation. Everything we need to live a good life is here on this Mother Earth. For all the love that is still around us, we gather our minds together as one and send our choicest words of greetings and thanks to the Creator. We have now arrived at the place where we end our words. Of all the things we have named, it was not our intention to leave anything out. If something was forgotten, we leave it to each individual to send such greetings and thanks in their own way.